Welcome to the Mike Abadir Show. You'll want to sit tight this hour as hosts Mike Abadir and co-host Gino Bacola talk to the experts, celebrities, and figures from the worlds of sports and business of sports. We cover the NFL, baseball, basketball, soccer, and horse racing, so we have all of the bases covered. Now, we just need your participation. Here is your host, Mike Abadir. June 20th, 2019. Thank you for tuning in to the Mike Abadir Show. I am Gino Bacola, your co-host. Very happy to be alongside the main man, Mike Abadir. Mike, NBA is over, but the... uh, the soap opera that is the NBA continues to to uh, to go on, and we're just uh, minutes away from the start of the NBA draft. Wouldn't it be nice if, for once, when we already know the result, like they've already know what's going to happen one, two, three? Why don't these teams just come up in five seconds, announce them, and, and why, why do we got to wait forty minutes? <laughs> <laughs> they 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 got to build some kind of drama, right? Yeah. But there's none there because there's no suspense. Yeah, 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 there's no suspense. You know, I suspect that there are some teams that have the attitude that until the pick is made, and even after the pick is made, quite frankly, you know, we're up for listening offers can come in where you know if you recall one of your team's greatest players kobe bryant he wasn't drafted by the lakers right mm-hmm. uh you know there was that swap with uh, it was was it vince carter the the slots were uh or what was it the slot that was swapped or were the was it the players it was the players yeah it was the it, players it, yeah it's so, funny when you have to do this because like tonight the lakers will have to make a pick the fourth pick and that pick not only is not going to go to the Lakers, it's not going to go to the team that they traded it to, the Pelicans. It's going to go to the Hawks now because <laughs> there was just a trade worked out just a few minutes ago between the Hawks and the Pelicans. So what the, that recent trade did actually was give the Lakers an opportunity if if they can work some things out to possibly clear as much as thirty uh, up to $32 million more in cap space to be able to sign another max free agent if somebody wants to come and if that's the way the Lakers choose to go. So um, there's now, just generally speaking, what has to happen in order for them to be able to clear up that 32 mil? There are three players that the Lakers uh, have under contract still that they need to move. And Anthony Davis needs to waive his $4 million trade bonus. They they've said that he would be willing to waive the trade bonus. If he had, uh, if they knew that another Max guy was going to come, or like if Kawhi was coming, or somebody really good, he would be willing to take it. They said if it was just going to be filling in the rest of the team, he probably doesn't doesn't want to waive it. Which is, I mean, we're we're so likely to we're so quick to judge people on waving money and like taking the pay cuts. It's like that's four million dollars that he's earned, and they were just trying to tell him not to take. You know, yeah. So it, it's uh, I, I think so if they're able to do that, they have to get they they have to get rid of the three contracts of Mo Wagner, Jamario Jones. Um, uh, and, uh, th- uh, Mo Wagner, Jamario Jones, and I'm, I'm trying to figure out. There's three on the Lakers that are, if they can get some team to accept those contracts, which they're very young players. And if you're a team that's, you know, looking to build assets, you it would make, kind of make sense because you're going to be getting these players basically for free. Yeah, it's like dump offs, you know. These are young players that you can just take a shot on. Like Mo Wagner was a first round draft pick last year. He's a, He's like a prototype for a big man that could fit well. So the Lakers are going to need a, they're going to need a little bit of help. They're going to need a little bit of finagling, but the first step happened in that the Pelicans shipped the pick off 
So now, now it's like really in the weeds, and, and hopefully, that that's kind of what's been going on the last few days, Mike. Is the rumors are did Polinka I don't know mess up, or, or is he really a mastermind genius? You, you just don't know until I guess a few more days until all, all the moves have been made because there's really conflicting reports of like maybe he just didn't realize that he was uh, there, he was still going to be short the cap to add another max. Maybe they didn't even care because you're, you're, you're just trying to add AD, right? Like that's, that's the number one thing, add him. And then you worry about everything else later. Yeah. You know, as far as Palenka, I mean, here's the thing, you know, in terms of agents, uh, getting into the front office and running the ship as general managers, it's happened really in all, all, uh, three of the big sports. And there's a mixed bag of results. Um, sometimes it works out really, really well. Other times it doesn't. In the NBA in particular, I think it's kind of fascinating because even if you're a great contracts guy, capologist, so on and so forth, you know, are you a great evaluator of it's a threefold process? Sure. U.S. talent through the draft, the international talent via the draft, and then the current NBA players in terms of player movement and things of that nature. And you really have to have a mastery of all three. And that's really, really difficult. That's something that you don't, you know, on the NFL side, we don't deal with that at all, right? Especially on the international. I mean, the whole world is eligible. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I, I couldn't even begin to imagine. Baseball is kind of like that, of course, because you've got Latin America and uh, the Asian continent, which, you know, play baseball as well. But there's a little bit of a different system for that anyways, because by then, you know, you've already sent out your scouts for there's years. There's so much more because, scout. Yeah, yeah I was say the scouting posting is system, so much deeper. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So because of the posting system, you know, it's it's a little bit different. But, man, I don't know, man. I, I, I tend to give him a lackluster grade from my vantage point. What about yeah, you? It's... it's- Here's the thing. I do think that it's obvious that people don't like him, no matter what. Uh, that There just wouldn't be all of the rumors coming out. There wouldn't be a lot, all the negative talk if people did like him, plain sure. and simple. Whether it be people inside the organization, whether it be people that are in opposing organizations that want to leak rumors. So it, you know whether it hurts the Lakers or it kind of fits their own agenda a little bit more, or maybe the guy's just a bad guy and, and people don't like him. And he's a BSer. you know, that, that those can all be the case. I don't, I don't think he's really been, I think this is going to be what, what I judge him on because I think it's hard to, to judge him on when magic was around. I just don't know who was really making the decisions. Then I don't know if magic had more of a say and, and I, and no matter what, Magic really tried to tank and torpedo the Lakers the last month or so with everything he did. And with, with even with all of that, he was still able to work out this AD trade when the owner of the, the Pelicans, uh, Mrs. Benson, said a few months ago, I will never trade Anthony Davis to the Lakers over my dead body. That was a quote she had said. You know? So, I mean, he was able to get, to get this done. So that's the first. I'm at least going to give him some credit for that. But this, this could be... What happens next is very important, obviously, because you have to really spend this money wisely. You could, you know, having anywhere from 20, you know, 
four to 32 million, depending on if they're able to get these contracts off. If Davis waves his kicker, they could like work out another anywhere from like eight to $9 million more. If those things were to happen or even just combinations, maybe they get rid of a couple one or, or, you know, one or two of these pieces and they, they don't get another max, but they have, you know, more money to get another veteran or two to fill in. Uh, Who are you talking about, by the way? I mean, for a max contract, who are who are Kawhi, be the I candidates? Think Kawhi, Kawhi, Kyrie, Jimmy Butler are the ones that I'm hearing. But from from like a fan standpoint, and I'm hoping the Lakers are feeling this way too. It has to be really only Kawhi if he wants to come here. And if it's not Kawhi, I think you're much better spending use spending the money on filling in your team, going and getting a bunch of really good role players. You know, combinations of guys like. Patrick Beverly, Darren Collison, Danny Green, Trevor Ariza, uh, Seth. So you're Co- saying Seth Curry. You're, you're saying regardless if, the, if if it if it ain't Kawhi, then let's not worry so anybody. much about the yeah. 32 million max for one guy. Let's fill it with some depth, and I think Absolutely. that makes a lot of sense. Absolutely, because if if with those are the three guys, the only three that are worthy, let's just say of that you know max categorization. I, I mean, are we really going to try to bring Angelo Russell? Like, well, are you going to try to bring Kyrie in again? No, and, and with I don't, LeBron. No, and and it, not that it wouldn't be fun or even even a a good fit because if he's coming here, like Kyrie's apologized to LeBron, he's a little bit of a head case. I do think if he's your third or second or third best player, you could you could still win. I don't I don't want Kyrie being my number one guy carrying my team, but I would just much prefer you know build a find combinations of four guys that you can get for eight million or three ten million dollar guys you're going to get a couple veterans like you can probably get trevor ariza for two million bucks to come off the bench and play 20 25 minutes for you shoot threes play some d um although like, as i just mentioned brooke lopez you'll have an option you know to go offer him again uh back, back a big one man like Dwayne deadman kyle corver probably is going to become available I'd, I'd prefer some others instead of him but like if you're uh, if you're a shooter and you're looking at this Lakers team right now, and you're trying to figure out where you're going to go next year or for the next few years, and you're scratching your head going, not only can I probably win, they'll, they'll most likely be good with, with Le- LeBron and AD, but from just like a selfish standpoint, how wide open are some of those shooters going to be? When you have Davis and LeBron on the court, who either of could get double teamed at any point, and those two guys are going to be the focal point of every every team's defensive game plan. Okay, how are we going to stop LeBron? How are we going to stop AD in the pick and roll? Like a guy like Kuzma next year, he's going to score 20-plus points just because he's going to be so wide open all the time. Yeah, no doubt about it. And, you know, I think in terms of facilitating, you know, that might, you know, if you've got the shooters, that's that's the today's that's NBA, the right? Yeah, they, they, this is key because, you know, we got excited last year when the Lakers got LeBron, but then the next moves, you know, and, and on, and I'll, I'll say I was pretty wrong on them because I wasn't too hard on the moves the Lakers made last year with the veteran fill-ins, mainly because, you know, they went out and got Rondo and JaVale McGee and Lance Stevenson and Michael Beasley to fill in, and everybody was kind of laughing at him, and they were calling him the meme team and everything. The point, I wasn't too worried because for the Lakers last year, and if, if they needed to be good, it was going to be a lot on the kids. Like, they were going to need the production from Lonzo and Ingram and Josh Hart and Kuzma to take the next step. And unfortunately, a lot of them got hurt, you know, throughout the year, and they had a ton of injuries, and so they couldn't. So when the veterans were asked to do a little bit more, like, Rondo was miserable. I do not want Rondo on this team 
at all, like playing any any like minutes at all. I don't want to spend any money on Rondo. Like that's where this could go wrong. I don't want any Carmelo Anthony talk. You know, I don't like we don't need players like that. Just go get man a pat like I don't know what Patrick Beverly wants to do. He would be fun. He would be great. Like a just a great defensive player. He doesn't really demand shots or anything. You're gonna need a couple players like that that are just fine with, hey, I'll take open shots. I'll just play some defense. Because between AD, LeBron, and then, you know, you're going to have Kuzma, whether he starts or comes off the bench. Those three players right now who are really the only three you have in the books, that's 75 points. <laughs> you know? Yeah, man. You, and you I'll tell you, I, I really like Patrick Beverly a lot. I know the I, Lakers yeah. fans want him. I know there's some talk about it. You know, everybody's talking about how you know, last season was, you know, maybe one of Doc Rivers' you know, best non-championship coaching great. efforts ever job. but you know and i give i do give him a lot of credit but it was also because he had the right type of guys you know good chemistry guys there was i didn't hear about any squabbling or in, inner turmoil just good cohesiveness no, they're, and, and they're, patrick beverly is one of those types of guys i think you could plug him in on any team and he'll just elevate everybody around him there was a um like a like a a little clip right after they Lost, the Clippers lost to the Warriors in the first round, and he was giving some of the Warriors players just like advice on how to guard James Harden because they were going to play them in the next round. He's just so in- I got I mean he he what he did to Lon he's one of those players that you absolutely hate when you're playing against him. You know when your team is going against him, you're like God, I hate this. This guy, he's just, he's like cheap shot and you're giving a little elbow here, a little jab there, but you need a, you need a bulldog like, like that on your team, especially if you're going to be a really good team. He sets the tone because what, with a player like that, he has that. And and this is like a Draymond green type, you know, they bring that level of energy every night. Some nights they're going to hit shots. Some nights they're not. Some nights you're going to hit shots. Some nights you're not, but every night you're going to get that effort from Beverly on the defensive end. And I need, I want a couple players like that on the Lakers. Yeah, no no, no doubt about it. Now, uh, based on the trade that you just explained with the uh, Hawks and the Pelicans swapping out, uh, let's talk a little bit about the draft. Because the Hawks have now positioned themselves pretty interestingly in that they've got two picks now in the top yeah. 10. Mm-hmm. Um, the Lakers are excluded entirely from uh, the first two rounds. I'm not they're, sure. They're this... trying to buy in. Um, so they're trying to trade back end? Well, they're trying to buy into the second round because they have $3.8 million left that they can use to purchase second round draft picks. And right now, so far, there's already been one second round draft pick purchased that was purchased for around 1.8 million. So it looks like they will have the opportunity to purchase two. They want to do that because it just gives them a whole more, a lot more flexibility either as cheap labor. You know, you have you have players that are going to be, you know, the, the bottom of your bench that are not going to go against your salary yeah, cap at minimum, all. Yeah, minimum guys. Or assets that you can use in tra- in sweeteners, you know, when you're tra- when you're trying to acquire things. Sure. So when you buy into picks in, in the NBA does that are you now picks number 31 and 32 no you can purchase wherever from whichever team in the second round so what but what but you do is you only have like a five million dollar or i think it's like a 5.7 million dollar allowance that you're allowed to purchase picks over like a like a two-year span and so the lakers 
last year used 1.8 on Bonga, so they have the 3.7 or 3.8 about left. So they could theoretically purchase two second round picks to use in sweeteners to send to teams to try to help them, you know, get some of the, uh, up uh, uh, offload some of these contracts. So let's just uh, use a hypothetical. So the Sacramento Kings have three second round picks right now. They trade they sell one of them to the Lakers. Do they now have to use that money towards player contracts? No. Uh, well, how do, how does that so money that work? That money that money basically does not go against your cap. So it's in, it's like a di- when you when you buy in, it's like when you purchase in like an international player, to, you know, like in baseball. It's just like kind of like a different fund that it's coming from like the 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 ability to buy into the pick. So it's it's basically the Lakers best chance right now to acquire an asset to help try to offload the contracts that they're trying to offload right now. So they could say, hey, Atlanta or hey, New Orleans, you know what? You guys are, are still trying to acquire a bunch. Take these contracts from us that we're trying to get rid of. They're young players. They're really cheap. Uh, you know, you can have them on the bo- on the back of your bench, and you'll also get these extra second round draft pick assets from us. You know, they'll, sure. throw, so, they'll throw them in as sweeteners. It makes sense. So it seems to me like the you know you have two division rivals. I don't know if they'd want to do that or not. Yeah, with that, the well, surplus of picks with the Clippers and the Kings, and then the Sixers have four. Yeah. Um, so that might be their best bet. It's because people say, well, who wants to help the Lakers? Well, you know, it coming. It's coming down to. It's not always just about the Lakers anymore, you know. We're like people are like don't, you don't want to help the Lakers. Well, we're talking about a team that hasn't been in the playoffs for six years now. You know, I know nobody wants to set them up well, and they have LeBron and AD, but like the Lakers haven't been dominant lately. They yeah, you're right been, about that, but there's got to be an inferiority complex, 100%. not just from the Clippers, no, and it, you it know, sharing the same else. same roof, everybody, but else. also the Sacramento Kings were in, in the same state, and it was a pretty big rivalry, you know, so, a few years back. So, what you it know, comes down to is. Is it worth it for your team individually? Is it worth acquiring the extra assets or creating a little more cap space for yourself too? If if some teams are looking for, you know, selfishly for themselves, then that's the teams that the Lakers and and Rob Plinka have to do a really good job of trying to target and find out. Okay, and if not, then, you know, like I said, even if they have twenty, they can't get a max guy. They don't have the thirty-two. So take your 28, your 24, 25, if you don't even, because if you don't need to get a max, then I'll take Mo Wagner as my 10th guy on the bench. You know, he's a first round draft pick last year. He's a, he's a big man who can shoot. Like that's a guy who could be very good in this league. He's the type of player, like we're talking about, who could just get some wide open threes, come in and play, you know, 10, eight, 10 minutes each half. And, you know, he might be much improved this year. He's a really good teammate. He tries hard. He works on his game. I mean, so there's a lot of, that's what's really crazy, what's going on right now, Mike. Like Between the draft tonight and then 10 days from now when free agency starts, there are, and it's not just the Lakers, there are so many different teams that not they might look different, they absolutely will look completely different. Well, let's talk about that after the first commercial break. I also want to get your thoughts about some of the guys that are outside of the top 10 that might make an impact in the league. Bull Bull from Oregon. Uh, being one of them, and and Kevin Porter, someone I'm, I know that you've watched a lot of his basketball, uh, being a, a huge SC fan as you are. So let's take a first commercial break. We'll be right back and talk some more NBA draft night rumors. Follow. 
follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Looking for the best show about horse racing and handicapping? Want to play the ponies? Join us every week for Winning Ponies with John Englehart, racing's regular guy, where you'll go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, agents, and handicappers in the world of horse racing. This show is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Listen for top plays for the weekend and the spot play of the week and win prizes just for calling in. Winning Ponies with John Englehart is live Thursdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network. Have we got a high-energy, all-access sports show for you. It's Outside the Huddle, starring Lemond Williams. Each week, join Lemond as he takes callers, discusses the week's top stories in the world of sports, and sits down with active and former players to discuss their transition from sports to business. Outside the Huddle is a great resource for players making career transitions both on and off the field. Tune in Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 Central, and 5 Pacific. For Outside the Huddle on the Voice America Sports Channel. Want to experience football from the perspective of a former player who also has coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver. He'll talk about the draft, play by play, and even what's happening in the offseason. Daryl has the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. He'll cover the camps on and off the field and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. This is the Mike Abadir Show. If you want to call in today, we can be reached at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to Mike at themikeabadirshow.com. Now, back to this week's program. Back here on the Mike Abadir Show and a couple of random news or things going on in the sports world. Mike is... We were talking NBA. We can get back to NBA draft in, in just a minute if you if you want. But I wanted to, to pick your brain on a few things before I forget and maybe just some quick hitters on them. Because I know you're a big soccer fan. Women's World Cup. Have you been paying attention? You've been watching? Yeah. I mean, at this point, you know, I think we kind of very briefly had a, a maybe a minute on the World Cup uh, yeah. last week before we ended the, uh, the show. And um, I'll elaborate a little bit. But. If they don't win, if the if the U.S. women's do, do not win the World Cup, it would be a huge, huge upset. It would be very, very disappointing. I think at this point now, we're sitting back and rooting for matchups, right? Who do we want to see? How about England and the U.S.? Yeah, you know, France, that type of thing, you know? The home uh, team would probably be the, uh, the one. And I think just looking at the odds um, before the tournament had started, I think it was France that was like, the the, mo- the next most likely winner and uh, you know we just saw them the u.s play what has been their toughest game so far today and didn't really you know sweden they were dominant throughout you know really yeah. really dominated so they're the heavy chalk and uh you know it I reminds me a lot by the way of uh in basketball the dream team you know the one sure. that jordan bird and magic were on it wasn't a matter of 
are they going to win by, by how, how much? much are they going to win by, you <laughs> yeah, know? Yeah. Uh, it's crazy. Just, it's yeah. like, this is the same sport where our boys don't make it. Our men don't make it. Yeah. You know? I know, it's, man. It's really, really uh, a disappointment uh, all the way around, but hopefully they have uh, some new leadership in place that can, you know, guide them to the top because, you know, I think that we've got a lot of athletes that are migrating towards soccer more and more just with, uh, you know, the injuries um, that that have, you know, people have talked about the concussions and stuff when you're talking about sure. football. Uh, basketball, obviously, for the most part, is a game of height. So, really, it's just a matter of do you want to be a wide receiver or running back or a DB in the NFL? Do you want to be a center fielder or athletic outfielder in baseball? Or do you want to try soccer? And I think um, I soccer is probably pulling a little bit here and there from each of the sports. When it- obviously, the dollar amounts are going to have to you know, be in place in order to really lure a lot of the American players. But I think, I mean, look, we have, we have a big country. Yeah. You know, 350 million people, and there are countries with, like, 18 million population that are dominant. You know what I mean? So, when even um, if you, if you want to be a very, even if you're, let's say, American, and you are very good at soccer, it's different nowadays. It's so accessible to watch all the international games, right? Like, it's so easy to, to pay attention and to stay tuned much to, easier to, to be all the different leagues than you could years oh, ago. Yeah. So, and like, years ago... If you're looking, if you're a kid and you're athletic and you're growing up, you're like, I want to be a basketball or baseball or football. Those are the ones that everybody knows and sees and make. You could be a star there, and everybody's going to know you here too. Now, sure. you know what I mean? It's just it's it's much different now. Too, sure. I think just for a kid growing up, you go, oh, I want to go play for Manchester United, or I want to go play because you can see them now a lot more than you ever could before. So yeah, I think, and I think it's it's one of those things also where you kind of don't want to offend the people that really know what's going on, sure. but you also want to be able to appeal to those who who really don't and explain things. And I know a lot of people that um, that are like, "Hey, you like soccer? You know, what is this posting? Or what is this transfer fee? What is this loan? What you know? What are what are these things? How does that work? And you know, things of that nature." Um, I think the more that because we're just not in, in ingrained with that, you know what I mean? We have different systems for the sports that we love here. And, um, y- you know, the Yankees would never borrow somebody from uh, the San Francisco Giants. You know what I mean? Uh, it just doesn't work that way, even for money. Yeah. And then you get them back afterwards. And what if he gets hurt and all these different things? So I, I guess what I'm saying is, as a fan, you want to root for teams. And then once you have a team that's established, you root for players. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you, if you want to really dig in a little bit deeper than that, it's going to be understanding how these leagues work, how they operate. You know, how, you know, not a lot of people know that if you're last place in one league that you get relegated. relegated and so on and so forth. Imagine that, you know, like like a, a team gets relegated in baseball and then Oklahoma City, you know, uh, their triple H team comes up to the big leagues. I mean, it's just crazy to think about. But The South think, Bay Lakers. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think the more people knew about this kind of stuff, it would be pretty intriguing. It'd be pretty fun. It's just it would, yeah. another, you know, just another set of rules to, to uh, you know, to enjoy is, is the way I see it. Because I think each sport has these enjoyable things. You know, the thing with baseball is it's got a minor league system and development and you could send somebody down and call somebody up. I love that stuff, you know, and, and if you notice basketball, you know, the D League wasn't something that anybody talked about maybe 10 years ago. You know, now you got some games that are even televised. Yeah, and they're it's, good. People are there's been a couple kids that are skipping college to go play in the G League. 
now. Yeah, and there's been some call-ups that have been pretty good. They've been very good. The Lakers, like, the Lakers have been a terribly run organization the last five or six years, uh, almost in from top to bottom, except their scouting in their G League is excellent. Like they're the way that they run their their G League, their players, those are the players that come up at the end of the year and that are actually contributing. And it makes the Lakers fans frustrated. Like last year, we have a guy like Caruso who comes up and you watch him at the end of the year. It's like, why didn't we just have this guy as the backup point guard instead of paying Rondo $10 million? Sure. Like, you know, the, so yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, it, it's uh, it, the, that particular league is, is, is really improved a little bit. Now, I want to shift the focus uh, again to a different topic, but something that we've discussed on the, on the show a little bit more over the last couple months, the renaissance of the heavyweight division in boxing. Did you see the Tyson Fury fight? I did. Did you see it? He came out with Apollo in, a, in full Apollo Creed, living in America, <laughs> James Brown, dancing with the top hat. I mean, it was it was a great, like... He it was a great showman performance, you know. He was really selling it, and I think ESPN because he's not a champion right now, and quote unquote lineal champion. We can talk about that in a second, but but, but he's a huge attraction now. Yeah, but he's he's great, and he, I love him. He's awesome, and he so he really played into it. ESPN did a great job promoting it. He sold it. There was that sequence where he was just um, bobbing and weaving, like bobbing and weaving, and and just ducking and diving, and just. He just like dodged about six or seven punches in a row, and what it looks like right now is we're gonna get a Fury Wilder rematch in 2020. They had that awesome fight in December of 2018, and Fury and Wilder when they had the draw, that is the only draw on either of their records. They've neither one of them has lost besides that. So we 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 kind of have a pretty good. Three, four, or so, right now in the heavyweight division. There, there are stretches where I couldn't tell you who the heavyweight champ is. And right now, it, there are there's kind of like a round robin of four guys that I'd really love to see fight. Yeah, and, and you know what? I've heard a few, you know, boxing purists, you know, kind of they're they're kind of like you know Tyson Fury is really really overrated, and you know from a pure boxing perspective, you know, he ain't the real deal, and and that type of talk. That's all fine. It's entertainment. Sure. And the guy's fun to watch. It's entertaining. He's a huge draw. Big attraction for boxing. His story is great. He's, yeah, he's overcome and, his demons. You know, he yep, was drugs. Yep. He was overweight. If you've seen pictures of him, he, like, had some, hu- like, real mental issues. He got back into great shape. And, you know, that's the reason, to be honest, the only reason why he's not actually the lineal champion the lineal champion is what they refer to as kind of like the undisputed champion. It's generally the person who has all four of the major belts or the person who beat the person who has them all. And so he he beat Klitschko to become the lineal champion. But the problem is he retired and was suspended because of of the drug issues that he had. And so if you look through the list, like when Muhammad Ali had the same issue, he was not the lineal champion during that issue. When Lennox Lewis retired, like when you, when you have to get suspended or you get retired, you relinquish that quote unquote unofficial title of being the lineal champ. So he, he's definitely fun. And I'm, I'm more interested in boxing right now than maybe I've ever been. And I mean, when I was young, I, I was watching it all. But as far as like from the last eight, 10 years of my life, I'm 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 
always going to watch Fury fights. I'm, I'm going to watch the Wilder fights. I'm definitely curious in what happens with Joshua and Ruiz again. So uh, w- what they're doing is hooked me. It's it's hooked me at least, Mike. You know? Oh yeah. It, 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 I don't know if you saw this or not, but it even got the uh, the real life Rocky. Sly mm-hmm. Stallone, he yeah. even uh, sent out a tweet saying that, you know, something along the lines of Tyson Fury's is a real-life champion, very incredible, you know, uh, happy to see this, happy for this comeback, that type of thing, you know, and he even gave one of those, uh, yo, it ain't over till it's over quotes or something like that. Um, so, you know, it's it's always fun to have someone who is the talk of your sport that brings it attention, whether it be like American Pharaoh and horse racing yep. or Chrome and horse racing or Zenyatta and horse racing, you know, for some of these sports that aren't one of the big three, the big four in America, you, you know, Tiger Woods and golf, that type of thing. It's always fun to have that. It makes it much more enjoyable. Kepka's kind of becoming that like too word. in golf. Yeah, Kep- Kepka's what? starting to kind of become that in golf Yeah, it kind too. of is. He's, he's just kind a man. Is, but let's you just face know it, what you're going to get from him, yeah? Yeah, let's face it, though. There's nothing like when Tiger Woods. Oh no! Is, no way! No you know, way! Up it's there uh, on Saturday, it's a different and, level of star. Oh it's, yeah, it's just a different, a different level. And you know what? It, while we're before some, another minute or two on boxing, I mean, even even the uh, the GGG Canelo, I'm I'm interested into moving forward again. Are we going to get a GGG Canelo three? We saw GGG win uh, just a couple of weekends ago, and. There have been two fights between Canelo and GGG. They've both been f- super controversial, just like the Wilder Fury. Very controversial. One was a, a, a draw. The other went to Canelo. Both of them maybe should have been GGG. We might get another good fight there to look forward to next year. And, so, and, that, and that's a real rivalry. Yeah, you know, I think at this point, these guys really... You know, they might have respect for each other, but I don't think they like each other very much. And, you know, you had some uh, smack talking before that you're dodging me type talk. And now it's just game on, you know. So uh, if they had five of those, I I would watch all, you know, the next one of them. So they're great. They're great. They're great. So and uh, yeah, so GGG signed on with the the same place that Canelo is with in hopes to, you know, he's got like a six fight deal with them in hopes to basically say, hey, look, let's just, let's make it happen now. Right. Like, I, I, I want this to happen. So that could be fun. So I'm uh, really excited about the future of boxing coming up in the next uh, year, year and a half or so. Yeah. And speaking of future, by the way. Just a quick thought on the futures of, of a couple of these draft prospects yeah, let's talk. as we uh, look for their names to kind of come off the board in the next uh, couple of hours here. You were Obviously, talking Pac-12 guys. The two that yeah, we mentioned so before Pac-12 the break, guys right? are pretty interesting because, look, the, the first round. Um, is 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 top heavy in basketball all the always you know especially in a year like this you know all eyes are on Zion Williamson but I guarantee you there's going to be a few guys later on down the draft board that are going to come in and make a huge mark all up and down the NBA you have those types of guys and you're going to be like man that guy was a steal at 17 that guy was a steal at 23 this second rounder is an all star and that to me is the most fascinating part of the NBA draft. Obviously, Zion, like I said, he's number one. And uh, Ja and R.J. Barrett, you know, that's the top three right there. Amazing for the state of North Carolina, by the way. They've got five out of the first top ten picks in your three yeah. Dukies and your two North Carolina guys. But how about Bull Bull? I know he's coming off an injury. How about guys like Kevin Porter? Very interesting. I know uh, that there's this uh, big center, Goga Bitsadisi, I can't even pronounce it, Bitsadisi, who um, I guess – 
there, there's a picture that was kind of interesting because he was left alone completely during a media session and yeah. everybody was on Zion. Yep. And the picture, the photographer got this this uh, moment where he's just by himself. Like and looking then you over. see in the corner and there's like a huge mob on yeah. the other side of the photo. And it was enough to inspire guys like D Wade and, and some, some big name basketball players to, to hit him up and be like, hey, man, use, use this it. to fuel you. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, that type of thing. But uh, what do you, just real quick thoughts on, on some of these guys. I think the two that you mentioned in particular, I would, if I was the number four, like Atlanta, I would take Bull Bull. After the top three, he's the guy that I think has the most upside. If I'm a young team, now I, I'm, I'm assuming Atlanta is okay with having maybe another year of progression. I'm, I'm assuming that they're not like in a rush to win now, to win instantly. Agreed. So, so if or so maybe I'm th- maybe you're the Cavs. Like if you're a team that is right is not worried about winning right now, and you're maybe thinking we probably have another year or two where we're going to be sort of tanking and, and by the bottom of the draft. I think you absolutely take a shot on Bull Bull. I think he has the highest upside of probably any player in the draft that's not Zion. And personally, I'm not even as high on Zion as most other people are. I think he's going to be good. I just don't think he's going to be like next level, maybe game changer but but zion is set up to succeed he's in a place uh, how about he, this analogy and i'm not saying in terms of style of play i'm talking about in terms of career more like tim duncan than like michael jordan or lebron james fair i'm saying more like blake griffin wow okay you know like okay that's who, that's i mean blake griffin is just more. an all-star that doesn't he's, even break the top 30 in the league, right? Well, he's very good. Yeah, that's what I mean. He's very good. He could have his years. He And, you know, there are a few years where in, you know, some playoff series, Blake Griffin might have been a top, you know, there was a year or two where when he was healthy, when he started being a little more playmaker Blake, when he was like point forward, some of those seasons where Chris Paul would get hurt for like a month or two and Blake would have to carry the team. You know, there, there were moments where he was a top five player in the league, top seven, top eight player in the league. But he just wasn't able to sustain it all the time because I, I worry with people that that are so dependent on their athleticism because, you know, like you can't usually really like use LeBron as an example because he's the outlier. Right. Like he like he's the one athletic guy that's been able to do it and for a sustained period of time. Most of the really athletic guys that don't have a shot to fall back on, they don't. They can't do it once they're not able to pull on that athleticism anymore. So I'm a little bit worried about his his free throw shooting is not great. His three point shooting's okay, uh, it's okay. But in this era, you got to be a really good shooter. You got to be if you're going to go to the free throw line ten times a game, you better be a pretty good free throw shooter. Yeah, I agree with everything that you're saying. I just think that if he ended up having a career that let's just say exactly mirrors Blake Griffin outside of the year one injury, let's just say, I think it would be viewed as a disappointment. I agree. No, I would. I agree. You know, there's he, that much hype going into this than, thing. He's hyped higher than any player has been since LeBron. Yeah, he's hyped more than than Durant. He's hyped more than any of the others have been. Like Durant was always thought of as this guy's going to be pretty surefire because we know he can shoot and he's going to be able to get a shot off like against anyone because he's huge. But Zion is a, just a different pre- player. Let's. I think we're due for a break. Let's let's take a break and we can can pick up this conversation in just a sec. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. 
Racers and Rental Cars is the program for wannabe pro racers and those interested in the racing profession and automotive industry. Join hosts Cameron Ferre and Don O'Neill as they take you behind the scenes with previews and review for race day. It's about the business as well as the fun. We've got the scoop, the guests, the discussion, and the WTF moments. All you need to do is bring your ears. Racers and Rental Cars heard every Saturday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune into All Around Sports with John Inglesby, Mondays at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Variety channel do you love sports talk can't get enough sports talk have we got a show for you it's about the nfl training camps super bowl previews a look at the new starting quarterbacks and weekly key injuries we'll take your calls and emails right on the air former philadelphia eagle james loving is your host and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. This is the Mike Abadir Show. If you want to call in today, we can be reached at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to Mike at themikeabadirshow.com. Now, back to this week's program. So I just want to mention the other player you uh, you teased uh, so we don't forget that, and then we'll shift a little bit into to baseball. Uh, Kevin Porter Jr., who went to USC, he, when you watch him play, and, and when I watched a couple of the games early on in the season, right away, I'm looking at him. He's very, very James Harden-esque with his style, and he's a lefty. So you watch him, and it's like, man, this guy just plays very similar, kind of real, like, kind of herky-jerky with the way he kind of handles the ball, and he can shoot the ball pretty well. the He got, I think he, it was a tough, it was a really tough year for him at USC because he got hurt early, and things just have not gone very well for USC the last couple of years. They were involved in a lot of the, the like scandal stuff. And and so I think it was it was just a tough year to gauge because he didn't really play all that well. But he's another one that exactly like I wouldn't I wouldn't be as high on him as I am on Bull Bull's future, but he would fit that same profile. I would not pick him if I'm a team looking to win and to have him be like a heavy contributor on a good team right now. But he could be a guy in five or six years that could be the best player on your team. And he I could score 25 points a game. So he's another that's one that's a, that's, a, yep. that's a totally um, worth the risk if you're a young team that's, you know, that's willing to go through you know, a, year, a couple years of, of not like I, we need to win right now. Sure. Well, a closing thought on that is it's kind of interesting to see. It's, it will be very interesting to, to see, I should say. 
what is the ripple effect of the Toronto Raptors winning? They they now you know they kind of slayed the dragon, if you will. Now we've seen that uh, the Warriors have fallen twice during this epic dynasty. Still a remarkable run. But does that maybe now open the door for others to say, yes. you know what, it's a time for us to now go for it? You I know. think that's why the Lakers did the, did what they did with AD. And I think that's even why they probably offered a little bit more than they would have wanted to. Or maybe would have, when they, when they looked around at the landscape and they said, you know what, can we maybe wait a year and AD comes next year? Yeah, maybe. But it didn't really work out for us with Paul George. Didn't really work out for us Kawhi, with Kawhi right now yet who we 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 thought would kind of end up in LA they they kind of said that they would so you go get AD right now and you say i mean mike there's they're the favorites to win in vegas i saw that, that. That's, that's not like that's not like a bunch of reporters picking it you know like that's vegas making the line now they know that people are going to bet on their it's like anything like the the lakers the cowboys the you know the the patriots um the the yankees their prices are always a little undervalued no matter what, whether they're good or bad, because they get some of that popular mainstream money. But they wouldn't be the favorite at the sports books unless they were legitimately a team that, that has as good of an opportunity to win right now as any. Like, look through the West. No Durant for the whole year. Clay's going to miss. I mean, Clay could be back in February, but he could miss the whole year. He could. It's like, if it it's could conceivable, be, sure. Could be either way. Like, if. If he comes back and they're not playing that well, like if you're if you're Golden State, they're saying like I heard some people say, man, it, w- it might not be the worst idea for Golden State to kind of not worry about going all in this year, kind of taking a mulligan on the year. You still have Clay, and maybe you get a, a pick or an asset or something for being in the middle and not towards the the top, and then you're right back next year and healthy. You know, I, yeah, it's, that, it's it, so it's they're very intriguing, very intriguing, mm-hmm. and I think the the Raptors winning opens the door to a lot of that kind of stuff. So we'll, we'll see, we'll see how things play out. And I, and I think a lot of that also will depend on, on, uh, you know, what are their first set of reviews in camp with some of these uh, gentlemen that are going to be drafted uh, in a matter of minutes here. Yeah. And and Mike, just to let's shift the the focus again a little bit. I think we have a a guest on the line. We wanted to talk a little uh, about the news today in baseball. Yeah, absolutely. So for those who don't know, big news today came out. Major League Baseball has approved the possibility of exploring that the Tampa Rays franchise gets to play some of their home games in Montreal, a city where the the, the you know the Expos had left not so long ago and split, became yes, split their home games. Split the home games. So let's find out a little bit more about this for all our regular listeners. They know that we love bringing guys and women from the athletic. And this will be a first time for us to be able to speak with Josh Tolentino calling us straight from the clubhouse, Rays versus A's up in the Bay Area. Josh, welcome to the show. How hey, are Josh. you, sir? Hey, guys. Doing well. We were just in the, the Bronx yesterday. So uh, cross-country flight and sitting in the dugout right now. And, uh, you know, a lot of mixed reactions uh, from various people in this clubhouse. But, um, of course, shocking news. <laughs> Yeah, no, no sure. doubt about it. Obviously, coming off of uh, you're referring to the Yankees series where the Rays didn't look very good, um, but you know, news like today is uh, probably one of those where you know guys that have maybe ingrained themselves into the community in Tampa, bought homes, things of that nature. I mean, they don't really get Families, a say in yeah. this 
what are the initial what's the initial reaction from the guys have you heard yet what, what the thoughts are yeah it's it's been pretty mixed uh obviously um basically everyone we've chatted with today they're they're talking about how it's just an idea at this point and i mean that's really all it is it's, it's an idea with wheels and uh you know who knows what happens they had an idea of uh as kevin kiermeyer pointed out when we were talking earlier they had an idea of you know building a new stadium in tampa that never came to fruition so it's uh a lot of mixed reactions but obviously i mean uh you you think about it the guys the veteran guys the guys with families the guys with you know recent newborns they're obviously not, not sounding too in favor of it, while the single guys, Tommy Pham, Tyler Glass now, they both said, you know, that, that'd be a pretty cool idea. Um, obviously, Tommy uh, <laughs> will be out of his contract and maybe not playing at that point. Uh, but they did offer their opinion, so it's a lot of, like what I said, mixed reactions. A lot of guys sound like they're very against it, and a lot of guys, you know, it sounds like, you know, a vacation for half the season. <laughs> yeah, well, and the other thing that I don't even know if they've thought about yet is if they're going to get paid for their games in Canada based on the exchange rate up there, that might not work too favorably. Not a lot of people know this. Yeah, Tyler, but, uh, Tyler Glass, now one of the best pitchers in, in baseball, obviously is out now uh, with a forearm elbow issue until the All-Star break. But, uh, you know, he voiced that opinion on, you know, where do, where do my pay, paychecks go? It's not more so the finances of, the housing and but he, he did bring up the taxes in Florida, the no income tax. Um, sure, it's definitely uh, one thing to consider, and it's uh, you know kind of impressive to see you know a younger pitcher like that, um, and one of the better ones in baseball at that. Uh, you know, kind of have that thought process when it comes down to all this. Yeah, no doubt, very impressive on his end. Uh, you know, Gino and I were we're kind of speculating here, so. Uh, how would it work in terms of number of, of home games? I know this is very much at the infancy stage, Josh, but. Are we talking about an even split, or is it maybe one of those things where, in terms of maybe for the um, games against the Yankees and the Red Sox and maybe uh, interleague play against some of the, the teams up north or in the northeast, you know, would you kind of make it regional to make it easy on them? How would all that work? Has there been any talk about that? Yeah, based on, I mean, initial reports that we saw, you know, from, from Jeff Passon of ESPN, it seems like an even split, and guys were... You know, if it ever came to this point, and again, they keep pointing how, how far down the line is, um, but they, they're in favor of that aspect of it. If, if you know, it came down to that, that it's, it's split half and half. It's not they're, they're going back and forth, you know, traveling between. I mean, that's 1,500, 1,600 miles. It's a lot of, yeah. a lot of, lot of sky miles if you're flying. So um, from that aspect, you know, they're, they're in favor of that. But, um, you know, beyond logistics, it's just it's too way too early to tell. Just a couple questions about the uh, this um, last week or so with the Rays. Things have changed a, a little bit. They've had a great start to the season all throughout, but they've been right around the top of the division, and now the Yankees are playing well, and they've struggled a little bit in their last 10. You know, they've gone three and seven. How is everybody set up moving right now? Like you're, t- you're talking about the, the clubhouse after the weekend. What's the feeling like with the ball club with, you know, the world champion Red Sox playing pretty well and, and kind of breathing down their back now. Yeah, I mean, this is a pretty laid-back clubhouse, and they have been all season, even during, you know, earlier losing stretches that they've had. Uh, you mentioned the 3-7 and seven record, obviously that affected uh, mostly by the sweep in New York, but, I mean, it seems like a pretty chill vibe still. It's, uh, okay. you know, their, their model and their roster is kind of built for success. Mm-hmm. Uh, wrote a story today based on, you know, the, the New York series addressing, you know, some moves they might have to make before the deadline. 
But for the most part, I mean, they're still going to be winning games. It's not like the yeah. you know with Seattle and how they how they kind of you know got off to a terrific start and fell off. The the roster is built for sustained success, um, but they are going to need to make some changes if they want to compete uh, in the AL East, as we saw with the Yankees. Now t- today, uh, the Marlins just called up their uh, phenom pitching prospect uh, Zach Galen, um, and he's uh, two innings in. Uh, shutout baseball, looking pretty good so far. Do the Rays have somebody like that that uh, maybe is on the horizon of being called up and can help them out and give them kind of a, a push into the second half of the season? Oh, yeah, no doubt. You, you, you get a pen and paper out right now. Brendan McKay, he is uh, really on the fast track uh, to get to the big league team. And, you know, based on you know, what we've seen from the bullpen and starting pitching, they might need him this year. Um, that's, that's definitely not out of the question, you know, maybe earlier than rather than later. Uh, but Brendan McKay, I mean, he's, he's risen uh, through their through their farm system over the past couple of years, was the number four overall pick uh, a couple of years ago. Uh, and he's with AAA Durham now, and he's been really, really impressive. I think he's played five or, uh, pitched five or six games. And also, he's a two-way prospect. His hitting has been a little bit behind, but uh, definitely going to be a neat name uh, to know within these next uh probably a few months here. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he'd be with the big league team. Good stuff. Gino, we got to make a note of that. Yeah, I Josh, got it down. Josh, we, thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. We know it was short notice, great information and insight. We hope to be able to check back in with you as the season progresses. No doubt, guys. Give me a call anytime. But... Appreciate it, Josh. Enjoy the uh, Bay Area. That's Josh Tolentino we'll do, we'll with do. the Athletic. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Good stuff, Ed. So that's Josh Tolentino with the Athletic MLB. He covers the Rays, and we got some pretty good insight there, Gino. Yeah, we we're about to wrap up the show. Just a couple here. minutes oh, left, but I'll, yeah. I'll never forget that name because Brend- I was thinking 902-0, Brendan Walsh and Dylan McKay. It's a combination of the yeah. Prince. It's a combination of two characters. I was like, what? I know this, uh, this, this is ringing a bell to me. So, yeah, good well, call. It was a, this is great information from him. We're going to have to bring him back and talk more Rays because it's going to be fun to, with, with Boston. We didn't really get to touch pace on Boston, but I think it's – it seems like the weeks that you're, we don't talk as much about Boston. They do better. So maybe, I know, huh? maybe, yeah, they won like six out of their last seven. They've they've had a really good week and a half, and they picked up a couple games on Tampa in particular. Now they're only three games behind them, so that's huge. And they've moved into the second wild card spot, so now they're kind of in control our own destiny spot. Like no excuses now. You're in the playoffs. Like let's just play some good baseball. Exactly right. So you know they, uh, you know it's it's one of those things though where. Uh, to me, I like it when you have uh, a, a call-up that can kind of provide that spark. We've seen it it's an time and time thing again. It brings yeah. a lot of energy. Mm-hmm. You know, the example that we, you and I have cited many times over the years is the SEL Puig effect, uh-huh. right? But, you know, you see it with all sorts of teams year in, year out. The Braves I'm very this excited year about this with Riley. The Marlins. Since the Braves, yep, the Braves, the Braves brought them up. They, exactly. they gave a shot. Yeah. Exactly right. So that's all the time we have, G, but um, it's been fun. And um, we'll we'll check back in with the uh, uh, reviews uh, after the draft of of how each of the teams did, and if the Lakers were able to, you know, get back into this draft and and all the trades maybe that happen on draft day. Yeah, everything's going to be uh, so fluid in the next week or two. So lots of news and notes. So make sure to uh, to subscribe and go give us a nice five star rating and review on iTunes. No doubt there, man. Well, you enjoy that Dodger game tonight. Yeah, here we go. And, uh, you know, thanks for listening, everyone. Um, we'll Gardner. see you at the same time, same place next week. Have a great sports weekend, everyone.
Thanks for joining us this week for the Mike Abadir Show. Please tune in again next Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time and 4 p.m. Pacific Time for another show with Mike and his co-host, Gino Bacola, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a great week.